1: I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass.
2: The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. My brothers, my sisters, today we celebrate the life of the one, the only, Mad Dog, Ken Johnson. I am your host, the Duke, and I'm here joined by an esteemed panel, in fact, We're going to start off with one of Ken's closest friends in pro wrestling. We're talking about a man who was able to entertain the masses, not only on WWE TV, but the NWA all over the Texas territory and beyond. But life after wrestling is really when he came alive. Talk about a guy who was an author, an adjunct history professor, and overall just a great man. The one, the only, Mister Dusty Wolf. What's going on there, Dusty?
3: Uh just trying to stay busy. Uh, doing pretty good for overall, considering everything's going on.
2: I hear that one hundred percent. Next up, we have the El Presidente of the Texas Wrestling Entertainment and Texas Wrestling Academy. This is a man who entertained us all over television, WWE, Ring of Honor. Anywhere and everywhere there, but his biggest contribution is as a trainer to the stars. Literally, he is the trainer of champions. Mr. Rudy Boy Gonzalez. What's up there, Rudy?
4: How are you doing, Duke? How, how's everything going out there?
2: Hanging in there, all things considered, brother. I mean, I I've, am honored to be able to put this together here for the memory of Ken Johnson and just him so. Proud and happy that you fellas are making time to do this. I know this is a close friend of yours. And rounding out this this ragtag group here, we have a man who legitimately is one of the most beloved figures in all of pro wrestling. Uh, He's in multiple Hall of Fames. Someone that many of the top stars of the past 25, 30 years still revere, still put over man who is a legendary referee, legendary wrestling executive. He actually wrote the book on wrestling uh, for Japanese wrestlers to learn how to call a match in English, even if they couldn't speak English. So talk about a guy who's a legend. My goodness here. We are talking about our friend, Mr. James Beard. What's going on there, James? Hey, Duke. How you doing, man? Well, you know, James, when we were putting this together, you know, obviously uh, – Dusty Wolf and Rudy Boy Gonzalez, two very close friends there with our man, Mr. Ken Johnson. And and I said, listen, I got to get another close friend, but somebody who can kind of keep some order in here. okay?" (laughs) so that's what you're here for, James. You're going to keep us on the rails here because, you know, these two guys, just like Kenny, they'll be all over the place with some of these stories here, James.
0: I have to get in between them a little bit, I guess. But, uh, you know, I I've known those guys for a long time and then going down the road, especially with Dusty, more roads than I want to remember. In fact, he has a memory that's a little bit questionable sometimes about some of his re- revisionary uh, history, but uh, you know, we we're, were still friends after all these years we've tolerated each other. So we're, we're doing pretty well and uh, happy to be a part of
2: this for sure. Well, and just so you know, James, I have Dusty on mute. So you know, in, in case he wants to embellish anything, you you feel free to correct the record and, and lay into him as much as you want. There,
0: I wish I would had a mute back in the you know in the days when we were traveling a little bit. I <laughs> could have came in handy there. <laughs> oh, more than once. Let me tell you, had either a mute or in a blindfold, that either one would work.
2: Yeah, I listen uh, both at the same time.
0: Absolutely, you have no idea, Duke. You have no idea. <laughs> completely agree with you 100
2: percent. well there's rudy boy gonzalez with the heel turn there <laughs> poor dusty wolf i know ken johnson is sitting there laughing and shaking his head man and for anyone listening folks ken johnson was was a fun loving mischievous guy Loved to laugh Loved to have a good time so although we're going to be talking about some serious things here there's gonna be plenty of laughs uh, especially with three people and Dusty Wolf, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, James Beard, who knew Ken Johnson very well and could speak to his life in wrestling. So let's start off with Dusty. I mean, when you think about Ken Johnson, what are some of your earliest memories of uh, knowing Ken and developing your friendship with Ken?
3: Ah, uh, let's see. I met him through Jose Lothario. Oh, you're taking me so far back now. I wasn't but eighteen. What? And I was, you know, poking around the edges trying to figure out a way that maybe somebody trained me. Maybe I could do something with the business. And Kenny was working a show for Jose. Jose would run the odd show in those days. Uh, that's how we met. Somewhere in the, the next couple, three times we were around each other, I just flat out asked him, you know, can you work out with me a little bit? Maybe I can get started on this path. I may not even want to do it, but, you know, I don't know until I try. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next day or two, we were in one of the worst gyms in San Antonio, up on some old cotton type mats on the floor, amateur wrestling, and it went from there.
2: You know, what's interesting to me, Dusty Wolf, your initial meeting and the way that you developed a friendship with Ken Johnson is very similar to Rudy Boy Gonzalez's story. Because Rudy, correct me if I'm wrong, but you weren't even smartened up to uh, pro wrestling when you first started training under the legendary Joe Blanchard. And it was Ken Johnson that actually helped smarten you up, right?
4: Duke, when I got into pro wrestling, and this was the first couple of days, this was in January of 1982, I had no clue no inkling, no nothing about anything about wrestling. I, I didn't know the history. I didn't know nothing. So if, you know, I didn't know anything about calling spots. I didn't know anything if it was real or not real. Or I, I, I wasn't a wrestling fan when I when I got in. So all of this was new to me. And this went on for several months. Even when I started refereeing, I still wasn't smart. I No, I wasn't I wasn't smart. I, wasn't, I didn't know what was going on. So obviously Ken and Dusty have a few years on me as far as being in the wrestling business. When I came in, I trained with a guy named Larry Lane, who actually ran the wrestling school for Joe Blanchard. Larry would have us do three minutes of mat wrestling. I had no clue (laughs) about any of that. Ken and Dusty came in. Dusty went with one guy, and Ken came with me. Larry Lane says, you guys ready? And, you know, he says, go. Ken takes me down, and I'm struggling to try and get up and and do whatever I can to, to get out of, you know, whatever hold he had on me. And then I hear, you know, him say, uh, under his breath, grab my arm. And I'm thinking to myself, what in the world? I didn't grab his arm because I'm scared he's going to try and set me up to screw me up even more. So he kept telling me things. I just kept ignoring him and just kept trying to do whatever it is I was trying to do. And then on three minutes was up. And so two more guys on the mat and me and Ken went to the side to go sit down. And he said, uh, You want to impress Larry, don't you? And I said, well, of course. He said, listen to me. He goes, if I tell you to do something, then do it. And so essentially, he was calling spots for me to try and put me in a good position to do whatever I needed to do. And, and, and yes, impress Larry Lane. But at that time, I didn't know it. I thought he was trying to set me up to put the hurt on me or something. So I never, you know, I, I didn't go along with it until he explained everything to me later on.
2: So there you go, Rudy Boy Gonzalez with a very similar story to Dusty Wolves in terms of meeting Ken Johnson for the first time there. James Beard, you're not a guy who's a wrestler. I mean, you're a legendary referee, executive, what have you here. What are your earliest memories of meeting Ken Johnson?
0: You know, I I, I don't even remember exactly the first time I met Ken, and and I bet you he wouldn't have remembered it either. Um, uh, it, It was a long time ago and and you know he's he's one of those guys that that uh, everybody knew in this part of the country and, and we all knew that he was a, he was one of those guys that was always dependable uh, always could give you a match always uh, you know it, it just just a, a good guy to have around and and and, uh, and one of the one of those Few that decided, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay here in my part of the country, and I'm gonna do the best I can here, and and uh, I'm gonna help some other guys out a little bit along the way, and have good matches, and you know, he was just one of those guys you could always depend on, and and uh, uh, just a good dude, he really was, and and a, and funny and and fun, and and unfortunately, he tied up with with Dusty more times than he probably should have. <laughs> You know, I, mean, I I don't know if you if you've read that that uh, that deal on on uh, Amazon that Dusty wrote about about Ken, you know, and some of their adventures. And unfortunately, I can believe most of them.
2: <laughs> Listen, Dusty, I know you, you're over here itching with the. I got that mute button on you, so you couldn't cut them off there. <laughs> but James said some interesting stuff there, and it's true. I mean, you definitely have highlighted uh, Ken Johnson in your books there, Dusty, and, which is really, really cool. Talk to us about the man, Ken Johnson. I mean, if you could give an assessment, what's the best one or two-sentence description that you can come up with for Ken Johnson?
3: Oh, uh, those that he cared about, he cared deeply about. Those that he didn't, he, uh, he wouldn't have uh, peed on them if they were on fire. There was no real, real in-between with Kenny. Like I can say he would have done any. He was one of those that would do anything for his friends. Being that friend was another story sometimes. Uh, he was a sharing type guy. It was strange. It was just this gruff, loud. You have you no know, one talking if you if you knew him you, and he was on your show. So you got a hint of that. Could care like he did about people, the ones that he chose to care about. Let's put it that way. He was pretty smart. That was the one. That was another thing. Uh, he wasn't. Real willing to learn new things, but the stuff that he did know, he was brilliant with.
2: You know, Dusty, is it true that uh, Ken Johnson had a hand in training the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels?
3: Definitely. Uh, He was the one taking all the bumps and doing all of the high spots and all that while Jose sat on the floor and told him what to do. 100%. Even though you you have a guy that's got a wealth of experience like Jose or... You know, down there in Pensacola, you've got uh places like that. You know, you got—they can't get in the ring anymore. They're too old. You got to have somebody that can get in the ring and work with these young guys. And that was Ken's job with Sean.
2: And for folks, when when you hear Dusty say Jose, he's talking about the legend Jose Lothario a mainstay in the Texas territory, you know, wrestled all over the place there. And the man credited with training Shawn Michaels, but Jose was the big name. It was actually Ken Johnson was the one taking the bumps, as uh, Dusty just said there. And it's no surprise to me when I think about when Shawn Michaels took a break from the WWE, you know, he had his back issues and other injuries and what have you. He assembled a team to help him run the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy. And one of the first people that he picked to help train kids was Ken Johnson. I don't think a lot of people realize that. So there's a lot of irony in the fact that the guy that trained Shawn Michaels legitimately took the bumps with Shawn so Shawn could learn how to work was the guy that Shawn called in order to help him train other folks like Brian Danielson and what have you in that initial class at the Shawn Michaels Wrestling Academy, right?
3: Yeah. He was the, like the first trainer, uh, the first group of guys. Rudy came in along somewhere on that time. And then Ken and Sean had a fallen out. And when they did, Paul Diamond and Rudy took over the school. Well, I've said it time and again Ken, he's one of the best wrestlers nobody's ever heard of. He liked his home cooking too much. And I'm not talking bad about my friend, but. He had opportunities that he just didn't take because they were going to take him away from home too much. He went overseas and stuff, but, you know, the payoffs were worth leaving the house for and, uh He had so many chances. That he just, did, he just didn't. He had the good psychologist. Like I said earlier, he was brilliant with anything that he was interested in, anything that he continued to continuing doing, you know, he, whether it was some literature subject, it'd be like one thing out of literature that he was just fascinated with. He would read everything he could on it. But same thing with the wrestling business. He never quit paying attention to the psychology. And Today it's all performance art, but this was, well, I am, I am old. So I might as well just go ahead and say it, uh, you know, back when uh, psychology was 80, 90% of what you did. The rest was physical and he never quit studying the psychological parts
2: rudy you guys have been friends for you know 40 years you know 40 plus years for dusty and what have you james you know 40 years how is it that you guys who are so responsible for helping others become superstars you know whether it be training in the ring literally like you did as enhancement talents whether it be actually physically training them in your schools and what have you dusty Ken Johnson Rudy Boy Gonzalez James beard as the referee and executive and the person who literally is training people hold for hold Rudy how are you guys able to, to stay together or continue to cross paths so often through the years
4: I think it's like-minded people um uh, you know we all came from the old the old ways of doing stuff we all still have those beliefs we all and yes, we, we, we evolve and, and and wrestling has evolved and stuff. But um, even even older guys like Les Thatcher and and uh, you know some of the other guys, Rip uh, Rip Rogers. You know, we we all have this foundation. We've all been brought up on on um, the core values of what the wrestling business was built on, and we stick by them, even though yes, like I said, stuff has evolved and changed and exposed and all this stuff a lot of that stuff still exists. And so like Ken and Dusty, like I said, they have a couple of years on me, but they were, you know, they took me under their wing and, uh, helped me out quite a bit. James was always someone that I saw from afar. He was up in the Dallas area with world-class wrestling, but I always knew of James Beard. And again, we, he's from the same era from that, that we are. And we think alike, we look at things the same way. Um, and I think that's, you know, and it's not a bad thing. I mean, we don't, you know, none of us really um, try and bash the new guys or the new way of doing things. We under- We all understand. I'm fortunate to have, have um, come up with these guys. I'm fortunate to have crossed paths with James Beard and sat under his, as the new kids say, sat under his learning tree. And when James talks, I just listen. I mean, I'm, you know, he's – We're about the same age, but I'm still a rookie to him. So when he says something, when I actually sat in a production meeting one time for a show, and I heard his thoughts on some stuff and how he presents things and and his ideas. And uh, I've done a match where he's been the referee guy and stuff. And nothing that that I've I've, uh, taken away from James has been less than 100% respect. And, and uh, again, we're from the same area. We're from the same era of, of, uh, of the wrestling business.
2: How about you, James? I mean, how is it that you guys keep finding each other through the years? Again, like-minded people, as Rudy just said. What's your take on that? I tell guys, when I do
0: clinics and seminars and trainings and, and things, and, and uh, Rudy's been to some of these, and then he, he knows what I tell him. Uh, uh, one of the things I've I, I, I stressed, to the guys that are, are, are there is that in this business, if you're successful and uh, when everything's all said and done, when, when you walk out of the ring for the last time, uh, the, the money you made, at least for most of us and the, the championships you won or, or, or the matches you won, all of that will not mean nearly as much as the experiences and the relationships. And, uh, and, some of those guys will get it, and some of them won't. But you know, for me, uh, when I look back on it, and I think about the relationships I've had and the experiences I've had, um, <clears throat> those are those are more valuable to me than you know. You talked about the Hall of Fame honors and 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 those kinds of that kind of that kind of credibility and all. And I've been very fortunate in that, and I appreciate it. But but none of those things are more important to me than the relationships and 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 those memories and experiences that we've had. Even though some of them were kind of crazy, some of them you don't want to talk about in public. But that's just the way it is, you know. And 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 there's a lot of respect at this level, you know, with with the guys like that. And and I think that the mutual respect is part of that deal. Why we want to keep coming back together and, and working with each other and being around each other. You know, and then nobody's going to have a heart attack or anything when I say this, because I've actually said it publicly and, and you know, something nice about uh, Dusty. But um, uh, one of the things I've respected most about him is the fact that he's been in this business for 99 years and, and made a living in it. And in and, and a time when the, I tell you what, man, for during the, the early to the late 90s to whenever he finally hung him up, it was almost impossible unless you were a big name and, and uh, you know but he he, he he found a way to um, keep his contacts and get bookings and travel all over the world and, and make a living in, in a business that just, it doesn't love you back sometimes. And, and there's, there's a lot of respect there for that. And and Rudy did the same thing. He had found a way to to continue in the business, you know, training guys and running a few shows and, and, and keeping his hand there where he's, he's relevant, you know, even though a lot of people don't understand that you know, he goes to the NXT and, and teaches there. And and you know, it's a, there, there's a there's a group of guys that it, that have done that all these years, and and I think most of us know each other. Uh, may not see each other very often, but we know each other, and we respect that. And 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 uh, and when you get a chance to be around those guys, it's it's uh, there's just this camaraderie there that, that you just can't uh, you can't manufacture. It just it's just
2: there. James, guys like. Ken Johnson, guys like Rudy Boy Gonzalez, guys like Dusty Wolf, guys like yourself. You guys are really unsung heroes. You're people who have these tremendous contributions to pro wrestling, yet the average fan may not necessarily know who you are. They know your work. They know your influence. They know what uh, because you have done what you've done, the end result but they don't know that you are responsible for it. I mean, what's your take on that? Why, why do you think that is? And, and do you feel that you guys are not getting enough credit? Do you feel like a guy like Ken Johnson deserves a lot more credit? Why is it this way? Well, but
1: I,
0: I don't know why other than other than the fact that, that most fans – only appreciate the finished product and they see, you know, they see the stars, they, the, the guys that get the press, the guys that are on TV every week and, and the guys that are, are carrying the championships and, and those kinds of things, but they don't realize how they got there. And, and, and they don't, they, they, if they really knew how much guys like Ken and dusty and Rudy and, and, and a lot of other guys I can name, contributed to that journey that got him to that point and, and and in fact even started those journeys in some cases like Ken you'd be surprised the guys that he actually trained and 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 not just trained but some guys that came in that were already trained and he helped polish them off and uh, uh, just simply because of his knowledge and his skills in the ring he, he, he I think Ken knew, knew he was never going to be a, a big star and I don't think he even cared he, but he he was always about passing it along and teaching guys and and uh, he started some careers you know you know Sean Sean Michaels and and uh, Lance Cade and and uh, Kendrick and I, I don't I, not a bunch of guys you know that he, he worked with early I know Rudy worked with some of them too and and um, and taught them and 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 put them gave them that foundation that they gave them the chance to go on and be who they became. And, and the fans just don't see that the press doesn't see that and they don't really care or they don't pay attention to it until, you know, something like this happens. And then they go back and research and they find out, God, oh, that Ken Johnson, he, he, he had a lot to do with a lot of guys. And, and, uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, he doesn't get that, uh, that credit and that notoriety, uh, when he really deserved to have it. And, and that's, that's a shame. Uh, the guys that know, know we know and, and, uh, I, I think I'm kind of the same way. Uh, you know, I've, I've helped a few guys along the way myself, and and I know what I did, and I, and the ones that know or, and appreciate it, I know, and the ones that went on and and forgot about it, it doesn't bother me, uh, and and I'm I'm pretty sure Dusty and and Rudy feel the same way. It's just part of the wrestling business part of the life that's the way it is you know and and that's never kept me from wanting to help guys and I, and it never kept ken's wanting to help guys and he did that you know and and, and uh, uh it's just amazing that that more people don't get credit for for some of the huge names that we've had in this business like and then but guys like ken are the ones that
2: made them you know dusty we often talk about old school mentality and old school way of doing things there and it's, it's not lost on me that a lot of these younger folks don't really understand what that means when you hear that. What's your definition of old school? What, what, what does it mean to be old school in pro wrestling? Because clearly, you know, Ken Johnson was an old school guy. Rudy Boy Gonzalez is an old school guy. James Beard is an old school guy. Dusty Wolf is an old school guy. What are those ideals? What does that mean?
3: Uh, everybody has a place on the card, and your place on the card is meant to do something for the card, elevate the card, get the people ready, whatever it may be. Matches are the same way. You work your matches accordingly. You don't go out there and do everything you know how to do thinking you're going to take the video home so you can show your girlfriend. You know, you don't, you're you not doing that. You're there to make money. And the man that has the pencil puts you in that spot for a reason. And the other mentality is that uh, you don't leave it all in the ring just because you can. You give the folks what they want, but also what they need because they don't need you leaving everything in the ring tonight. you got to come back in a week, two weeks, regular basis. When I broke in, you know, there were those that were still strong with all the cafe and everything, but the smarter ones that I knew realized that the fans were fairly hip, but the individual could cafe. The individual could create a image. It wasn't about how many hits and likes I get on social media or whatever. It was how many people showed up in the arena. None of that fits today because guys are on guaranteed money. And the minute they start to get too over or more over than the office wants them at that point, the office finds a way to suspend them or or you need surgery or some such. And and everything is controlled through the office today. Guys like Kenny and me, uh, Rudy probably, I I don't want to speak too far out of it. We wouldn't have lasted long. We really wouldn't.
2: You know, Rudy, I wonder, just to piggyback on the comments Dusty just made, are are you guys a lass of uh your generation there? I mean, what happens once you guys are no longer training and, and involved in pro wrestling? where does that leave the next level and, and next generations here are you guys the last of that old school style
4: i do believe we're the last of the mohicans and and to be honest with you when 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 we're gone that's it i mean you know there's there's a, a lot of the new a lot of younger guys they listen and find themselves what's the word i want to use they listen to what we had to say but yet they still find themselves leaning back towards today's wrestling. And, again, there's nothing wrong with it. Everything evolves. But 20, 30, 40 years ago, you built a house and you built a foundation a certain way, and and houses were built a certain way. Today, houses aren't built the same way. They're more modernized and, and all that type of stuff, but the foundation is the same. And so that's how wrestling is. 20, 30, 40 years ago, the foundation – of how we did things was the same as it should be now. But I feel like once the older guys are gone, then the foundation of what our business is built around will be gone as well. And and that's, that's, uh, that's sad.
2: In closing, fellas, and I'm going to start with you, Rudy, any closing words for mad dog, Ken Johnson, especially uh, if he's, I'm sure he's up in heaven right now, cracking jokes with the, the big G O D and listening to us have this conversation right now. So what would you say to Ken?
4: I told him at the hospital when I saw him, uh, thank you for for everything he did for me, Um, the good times, the bad times, uh, the the little snips of advice he would give me, sitting and listening to my gripes and complaints, the times we had, you know, sitting at the bars, drinking and, and and when I say that you know it gives the some guys may get the um idea that we were sitting there getting drunk and and being rowdy and stuff uh not at all we would sit and just talk you know I said I said this online the other day today um I got a lot of my education from wrestling of wrestling and putting match together from just sitting at a bar and just talking just hey that was a good spot that you did uh you know, it was so-and-so, maybe if you tried doing it a little maybe instead of doing this, you did that instead, it would probably, it would probably work out better, you know, just stuff like that. And there was a lot of that, man. And, and the car rides that, you know, we, that we did and, you know, hanging around Ken and Dusty was, uh, and I, <laughs> I talked about this the other day also, was times I, I, I'll never forget, you know, just going through the stuff that we did and, and, um, the road trips were never boring. I'll tell you that right now. It was always, it was always an adventure.
2: Well said, Rudy. Well said. James Beard, Closing remarks about our friend, the mad dog, Ken Johnson.
0: Oh, wow. He, he is a lifer. He's a guy that, that got into this business. He loved it. Uh, he loved the process of learning. He loved the process of teaching. He loved, they loved being in the ring and and, and, and competing. Uh, he did, he did a lot of different things, managed a few guys. Uh, he, he just he loved the business. And and guys like that who not only love the business, there's a lot of them that love it, but don't understand it and know it and don't know how to pass it along. Ken was one of those guys that, that loved it and he, he understood those things. He understood the nuances of the business. You know, the things that a lot of people gloss over or pass by, you know, there's little details. In in teaching and learning that that a lot of people just jump by and don't pay attention to and and guys like Ken uh, and, and Rudy's the same way Dusty's the same way they 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 understand it's it's the little things that you do and sometimes the things that you don't do so many things that 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 young guys these days uh, don't get they don't get that kind of training they don't get that kind of teaching and 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 they a lot of them are teaching each other and they're not they're they're skipping over the little things that make the difference and and ken was one of those guys that understood all those things and almost kind of getting to a point to where it's the last line of 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 guys that are have that direct contact to the traditions of the territory days and and uh, you know uh, unfortunately it is what it is the business is what it is and it's gone the way it's gone and i don't know you know I, i've been pretty stubborn about trying to do something about it but it's hard to do that without money and cooperation and and um, we've all felt that frustration before you know uh dusty's gone on to, to become a a teacher now he doesn't really have that much to do with the business actively anymore uh, i'm i'm still dabbling in it and, and trying to do what i can getting of course roots still involved but but we understand what, what's going on and what the level is that we have to work with and and, you know, Ken was there and he did that. And, and I, I wish more people appreciated it, but I don't know what you can do about it. You know, we just we know, like I said, the ones that know,
2: know. Well said, James Beard. And last but not least, Mr. Dusty Wolf. I'm going to give you the closing remarks here for Mr. Mad Dog, Ken Johnson.
3: I just tell him he left too soon. By and simple, he left too soon.
2: Wow. Well said. Well said. Once again, thank you very much. Dusty Wolf, Rudy Boy Gonzalez, James Beard definitely uh, helped us remember the mad dog Ken Johnson in style. Just great stories, great perspective of a, a whole generation of folks and mentality, what have you, and, and what Ken Johnson embodied. Just beautiful stuff there. You know, he was trained by Johnny Valentine, the, the legend so the father of Greg the Hammer Valentine. So Ken was taught the old school way. And that's why to the very end, he believed in the old school way. And it's funny. I was thinking about how we should end this episode. And there's really no better way than to have Ken Johnson himself in his own words end the episode. So I'm going to play the clip that is from uh, Ken's conversation here on Duke Love's Wrestling a few years ago. I put together a little clip, put some music behind it, and I'm going to have Ken send us all off with some great memories and, and a good laugh at the end. Because, again, this was, a, this was a fun-loving, mischievous guy who, like each of our guests today said, had a, had a mentality, had a philosophy, had a respect of pro wrestling done the right way, Okay. But don't take my word for it. Without further ado, Ken Johnson
5: in his own words. We're talking about a guy who was a who's who down in the Texas territory, has kicked ass and gotten his ass kicked from here, there, and everywhere, all over that part of the country and beyond. And somebody who, you know, he's described as the most famous wrestler, even the best wrestler that you don't know about, but you're going to know about him now. I'm talking about my man, Ken Johnson. What's going on there, Ken?
1: Ah, uh, I just laying up here listening to all these tall Texas tales you've been telling.
5: Me. <laughs> Let me ask you this, Ken. If you, could, if you could tell the folks out there any piece of advice as it relates to, you said that the diabetes got out of control, they had to take your leg. What sort of advice do you have for folks who may be going through something similar?
1: Well, it's very simple. The first and most important two things when you have it is your diet and exercise. If you don't diet and you don't exercise, it's going to get you and it can get you real quick. You know, I, I was diagnosed in 2003 and now here it is 2020, and they had, you know, they had to do this basically to save my life, but at my age, who, who wants to go through that at 62 years old, oh, well, I will. I'm. I hope I live to be... Well, my mom just turned 92 today, so... Happy birthday, mom. If I can cool, (laughs) And and she can still stretch me,
5: too, so... (laughs) So you're still putting ball over, over even even at 92. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you better believe
1: it. Oh, you better believe it. Mama's boy be (laughs) (laughs) Well,
5: see, Ken, this is why I wanted to have you on the show, because you're going through a very, very challenging period of your life there and yet you still have that sense of humor and you still have your wits about you and, and as you said you ain't done yet so no,
1: hell no hell no i'm i'm gonna pull out some kind of something <laughs> but people go what is that crazy son of a bitch gonna do this week on tv how can he top that <laughs> well it just gets more dangerous you know what? like i said give the people their money's worth man give them their money's worth don't- don't sit there and give them a movie. I don't want to see a movie. I'm not a sports entertainer. I'm a 100% Texas born, Texas bred Dallas Cowboy loving, Lone Star beer drinking Mexican Pinochet eating fool. And that's what I do. I'm going to give you a real fight and give you your money's worth. And that's the way it is, baby. The that's the way to do good have done this is Mad Dog Tim Johnson, and I'm telling you, telling you, get away from that off, oh, It's Mad Dog 2020. You remember that? What a good drink that was. Mad Dog 2020, what does it mean? Drink beer, eat pussy, and bark at the moon. Huh? Huh? Huh?